You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. For several weeks now, this word has been on my heart, and it's actually something that I, I preached a few years ago. And uh, but the Lord had been just speaking to me back on this chapter of Second Kings, chapter thirteen, and I had been meditating on it. And and a few a few weeks ago, I preached at another church in in this area, and uh, and the Lord just just spoke to me to share this message there. And I'm going to share this message here today as well, but, but it was really cool. You know, you love how God just shows up sometimes and does things in your life that are, that you just know it's him. And the Lord was speaking to me about sharing this message. And as I said, it's something I had shared a few years ago. And, uh, and so I went on this old laptop, you know, you got those old laptops, it's got all those old documents on there that you save. And it's one I don't use anymore. And, and uh, so when I, as the Lord was speaking to me about the message, I went to find it. And when I punched on my documents, it, it, it was the first one that came up out of a couple of hundred. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. You know, uh, maybe God just showing, yeah, this is something you need to share. And, and I thought it was at the first of the documents. I thought, that's really weird. But it was really in the middle of all of my documents. And some, for some reason, it just come up, the first one. Bam, like that. And so I said, okay. So I took it out, and I went over it, and I studied it again. And, and, uh, and so that Sunday morning, it was actually April the 10th. I, you know, any, how many of how many you do Facebook here? In, wow. If you don't do Facebook, you really need to. And it's just, no, no, so some of them are going, no, 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 not me, no. But, you know, they got something on Facebook called Facebook Memories, and it shows your memories. Well, on this last September, I mean, April the 10th, the, the Sunday that I preached this, a Facebook memory came up of the time that I preached it exactly five years ago. And I was like, okay, God. Yeah, you're saying something. I'll take that, you know. So I'm really going to share this, this word with you today. And it's something that's been burning on my heart. It's God's plan for victory. God has a plan for victory in your life. We all go through difficult times and difficult circumstances. But God does have a plan for victory. God wants to lead you to victory. To a place where you are living that victorious life. Where you've overcome that struggle in life. That thing that has got you down in life. That that That... Maybe that bad news that you received or, or that, that illness that you, you're fighting with or struggling with or that relationship that crashed or that divorce that you went through, that failure in life. Maybe you stepped out and, and uh, that new business adventure and there was a failure in life, a, a failure and, 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 and it just devastated you. Whatever it may be in your life that you've experienced, God's plan is for victory. And in 2 uh, Kings chapter 13... We find an interesting story where the Bible says that the prophet Elijah had, uh, was, was sick. And he was sick with the illness that he would die from. And the king of Israel comes to Elijah. And we're going to read this, verses 14 through uh, 21. And you can follow along in your Bibles or follow along on the screen. It says, Elijah had become sick with the illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel came down to him and wept over his face and said, O oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. 
And Elijah said to him, take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it. And Elijah put his hands on the king's hands. And he said, open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elijah said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Apex till you have destroyed them. Then he said, now this is very interesting. It gets interesting. Then he said, take the arrows. So he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. And the man of God, speaking of Elijah, was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. Wow. That's very interesting to me. And we'll get into it in just a moment. Verse 20, then Elijah died, and they buried him, and the raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of the year. So it was, as they were burying a man, that suddenly they spied a band of raiders, and they put the man in the tomb of Elijah. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elijah, he revived and stood on his feet. Wow. That's kind of one of those verses... That last verse there that I read, why in the world would they even put that in there? It doesn't even seem to go along with the story, does it? You know, Elijah died. It started out with that, that Elijah was sick with an illness that would be unto his death. And then it says he died. But then they add that last verse on there. That this man, this deceased person, they put in the tomb of Elijah and he comes back to life. That's just interesting to me, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But God's plan for victory for you and for me. And in this story, if you'll allow me for just a minute just to spiritualize things, and, and Elijah tells the king, and the king is obviously upset because he knows Elijah is about to die. And obviously this king and, and maybe the kings before him had trusted in Elijah as a prophet and knew that he was a man of God, and now that, that man of God is about to leave this earth. He's about to die. And... and and the king goes to Elijah and he's upset and, and Elijah has one last prophecy to share. And he, and he says, take your hands and put it on a bow. And if I can for just a moment, like I said, spiritualize this for a moment. That bow represents God's plan for your life. Put your hands to God's plan. A plan for victory. God has a plan for victory. But if you're going to live in that place, even when we go through difficult times, if you live in a place of victory, put, you've got to put your hands to God's plan. We all know this verse that we use quite often in Jeremiah 29 and 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. We've all, many of us, if you've been in church very long, you've heard that scripture. And actually, Jeremiah is writing that to a, to a people that are in, in captivity right now. At that point, when he, when he wrote it. He, and he's telling them, listen, God's got a plan for you. He's got a good plan for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. He's, he's speaking hope to them. That God does have a plan. 
And you and I need to remember today that no matter what you're walking through, no matter what you've been through in life, God has a plan. God has a plan. He's got a plan for your life. You know, Jeremiah wrote that, but Jeremiah of all the prophets knew about God's plan because it was Jeremiah that wrote in Jeremiah 1 and 5. He wrote this. God was speaking to Jeremiah and he said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Wow. I like that. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. God knew Jeremiah in the womb of his mother. God says, I knew you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Can I bring you to a place in your heart today from where you're at now, even through all the experiences in your life, God knows you. God knew you when you were formed in your mother's womb and he has a plan for you. There are no such thing as illegitimate children. There may be illegitimate parents, but there's no such thing as illegitimate children. God has a plan for your life. God knows you. And God says, put your hand to my plan. Put your hand to my plan. You know, the Apostle Paul, we read about in the New Testament, was another man who used to be called Saul. And this was a guy that, man, he was very passionate about murdering Christians in the early church. He was pretty passionate about persecuting the church. And, and after his conversion, look what Paul wrote to the church at Galatia. This is Galatia. This is very interesting. In verse 15 of Galatians chapter 1, he said, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son to me that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. This man said, look, God separated me from my mother's womb. (laughs) What a powerful message. A man that obviously didn't serve God all of his life, but yet he said, look, God knew me from my mother's womb and separated me from my mother's womb. He said, God had a plan for my life. And I don't know what you've walked through. I don't know the tragedy. I don't know the difficulty in your life. But I want you to know God's got a plan for your life. God has a plan. And he's calling us to put our hands to his plan. Because when you put your hand to God's plan, God puts his hand on your life. Did you know what it is saying that in our text that Elijah put his hands on the hands of the king as he had a hold of the bow? God puts his hands on your life. What does that represent? God's hands on your life. It's God's presence, God's power, God's provision, God's protection. God puts his hand on your life. What did Jabez pray? Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my territory and that your hand would be upon me and that you would keep me from evil, that I will not cause pain. I thank God for his hand that's been on your life and my life. There's been times in my life when I know God's hand was there even when I didn't deserve it. 
even when I was running from God. I know some people may have theological issues with this. But I want you to know there's been times when I was running from God, living in sin, that I know his hand was on my life or I wouldn't be here today. That time I lived in Fort Worth, Texas. Jeannie's in the nursery, so I won't mention her name. We kind of partied that night before. Had to get up and drive all the way from Fort Worth to Abilene to go to my monthly training with the Marine Corps Reserves. Got up about 3 o'clock in the morning. Started driving, got sleepy, pulled over into an abandoned truck stop. I had to go back to our old house in another small town there and get my uniform. I'd left it there. We'd just moved and pulled over into this old truck stop and fell asleep. I set an alarm in my pickup so I would, I, I would wake up in time. I was just so tired. And I, when that alarm went up, it scared me. I flew up. I didn't know where I was at. I started that pickup, lit a cigarette. Yep. I lit a cigarette, left that truck stop, turned down going a wrong, down a road that was totally abandoned. And got down to where in that abandoned part, the bridge had been removed and there were nothing but the pylons, big concrete pile barrier pylons there. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I just heard a loud boom. And I don't even know what it was, but it woke me up and I flew up and slammed on my brakes. I smoked that whole cigarette. Just had it right there. Got out of my pickup. My legs were just shaking because the front of my pickup was just about to go off. That barrier. Or that, where that bridge had been and hit those pylons. I thank God for his hand on your life and on my life. I get other stories. Shouldn't be here today. God's hand on your life. Even when you don't deserve it. His provision, his protection. His protection. Watching over you. God has a plan for your life. And he just wants you to put your hand to that plan. And his hand, his hand will be on your life. His hand is on your life. Because God's plan for your life is victory. God's plan for your life is victory. God's plan for your life is victory. And I keep, I, I'm not up here trying to tell stories about my life, but this one just keeps coming back to me, so maybe somebody needs to hear it. I don't know why. I wasn't going to say it, but that time I was fighting a prisoner. Well, he wasn't a prisoner yet. I was about to make him one. And he had robbed someone downtown Beaumont, and I saw him in his vehicle taking off. And 
went and chased him and he jumped out of his vehicle. And I did a very unhealthy thing. I didn't radio in where I was at when I jumped out of the car and started chasing this guy. And he had hid in some bushes. And as I was going by, he jumped, he jumped me from behind. And so we were fighting. And in, the, in this fight, my shoulder was separated. My shoulder ended up down here. In the x-rays, you can see it was right there. When they put it back into place, I cried. Oh, it hurt. I'd never been through so much pain. That was painful. But while I was fighting this guy, my shoulder ended up down here, so I couldn't use this arm. And my gun's right here. And this gentleman, I call him a gentleman. That was a nice way to put it. Just out of nowhere, stopped fighting and ran off. Out of nowhere. While, while the whole time we were fighting, he's telling me, you shouldn't have done that because I hit him with my flashlight. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have done that. And I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. Then all of a sudden he takes off and just runs. Runs away. God's hand on your life. God's protection on your life. And some of you, you've made it through some things. You're like, I don't know how I made it through. I'm going to tell you how. God's hand is on your life. And God's plan for your life is victory. God's plan for your life is victory. That's what, that's what Elijah was trying to tell this king. You're going, he said, shoot the arrow out the east window, and you're going to defeat your enemy. You're going to win this battle. Because when God's hand is on your life, God's plan is victory in your life. You're, you may go through struggles. You may walk through difficult times. You may go things, through things you don't understand. But God's plan is for victory in your life and in my life. He, oh, I'm, we win. <laughs> we win. We win. And we need to begin to live like winners. We need to begin to live like victorious people because we are victorious. What is, and many people are out there, you may have the question, what is God's plan for my life? Specifically, I don't know, for Jeremiah, he was to be a prophet to the nations. For, for, for uh, Paul, he was, to be, he was to go to the Gentiles with the message of the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what he was called to do. And I don't, I'm not certain of God's specific plan for your life, but let me just help you get started on God's plan for your life. And here it is. Here's what I know is God's plan for your life and for my life. And here it is, a simple sentence. To know God passionately and to make him known. To know God passionately and to make him known. Wow, right there. That's a great place to start. To know God passionately 
and to make him known. Through all the struggles, through all the difficulties, through all the disappointments, my, your plan, my plan is to know God passionately and to make him known on this earth. Jesus said it like this. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Bam. To know God passionately and make him known. That's God's plan. Your life, my life. God's plan for your life. He wants you to put your hand to his plan. And when you do, he puts his hand on your life. And God's plan for your life is victory. But. Everybody say but. Everybody's, well, I don't want to say that. (laughs) But, go ahead, Justin, you don't have to worry about that. You You can come on. There won't be any more scriptures up on the screen. You can come. But, (laughs) you've got to, You've got to live by faith and not by sight. Please kind of zero in here. Let's focus on this. You've got to live by faith and not by sight. You notice that story? How Elijah told that king to strike the ground with the arrows and he didn't tell him how many times <laughs> and then gets mad at him because he only struck the ground three times why is that and said and, and there wasn't any specific number because the king said you should have struck the ground five or six times So there wasn't any like magical number where you've got to strike the ground five times. He just got upset at him because he only struck the ground three times. Said you should have done five or six. What is that about? Some of you are looking for some very, very specific things from God. And he's not giving it. Because you've got to live by faith and not by sight. I'm just wondering. Thank you, son. I've just got to wonder. I wonder if he only struck the ground three times. Because he picked up his arrows and he only had three of them. He just said, I just got three arrows. So I'm going to strike the ground three times. Which represents living by sight instead of living by faith. 
Many of us, we know God has a plan. We know his plan is for victory. We know he loves us. But yet we're just looking at what we see. And we go through things that we don't understand. I don't understand. I do not understand why Elijah died from a sickness. In 2 Kings chapter 4, Elijah laid his body on top of a dead young man. And that dead young man was resurrected. Came back to life. You can go there and read it later. 2 Kings chapter 4. The Shunanite woman, Shunamite woman's son. And then, after Elijah dies, a deceased body hits his bones and comes back to life. Go figure. You talk about powerful, anointed. Think about that. Well, then Elijah (laughs) died of a sickness. Now explain that to me. You can't. Don't understand. And here's what I added to this message. God spoke to me driving down 8th Street right over here to the church the other day. A lot of people are, have got their arrows. And because of the things they don't understand, one, two, three. There's no passion. <laughs> There's no fire for God anymore. You're a Christian. You're a believer. There's no passion to still know him, to know God, and to make him known. And because of the things you don't understand, one, two, three. And you're more focused on what you don't understand God who is all powerful all knowing ever present nothing is impossible with him who's called you and anointed you and appointed you he has a plan for your life he chose you he chose you he chose you but yet because of what you don't understand that you've experienced one two three one every day one two three one two three and you're just living life that way with no passion you're just getting by in life you're just doing it because you know it's your duty and there's no real drive and no desire to serve God like you once had because of the things you don't understand
God is so full of love and compassion for you. I'm going to say something that really sounds strong, okay? God demands that we live by faith and not sight. God demands that we trust Him. Even when there's things that we don't understand. He says, don't allow that to rob your faith in me and your trust in me. When you don't understand. I mean, I'm glad I had the extra time to preach today. It's really cool. Well, no, I was supposed to end by 1130, wasn't I? Oh, man, that's eight minutes. I'm sorry. I'm I'm looking at noon, and I'm going, man, I still got time. Please hear me. Some of you are going through struggles right now. You've went through things you don't understand. And ever since that moment, some of you, it's been a series of events. Some of you, it's been one big event in your life. I've got one. Tell you right now that I just don't understand. But I'm going to tell you that that the God of heaven (laughs) still loves you. God of heaven still has a great plan for you. The God of heaven still has victory. If you're living today, if you're breathing right now, God still has victory for you. But you're going to have to reach out and take it by faith. You're going to have to grab the arrows of your life and say, Fire. With passion. Did I, did I break that? I did. With, I'm sorry I did that. It was so That wasn't anger. That was passion. With passion, you're going to have to grab the arrows of your life and say, I'm not staying down any longer. This event is not going to rule my life. My God still reigns. Jesus is still the Lord of my life. I don't understand, but God, I know you're good and you still have a good plan for me. And I'm going after life. I am not going to live this life. I'm going to, I won't do that again. With passion. With passion, with zeal. Won't you stand? I'll, I'll somehow close this. I, I don't not. Really didn't use a whole lot of my notes today, and so let me just try and wrap this up. Is everybody okay? I didn't scare anybody when I. What are you doing with the arrows of your life? What are you doing with the arrows of your life? There was a man named Peter that way. He was, he was that way. He denied Christ when Christ said, you're not going to deny. You know, when he told Christ, you're, I'm not going to deny you, Jesus. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, Jesus, you are, you are. And so Peter does. He denies Christ three times. And man, one day in John chapter 21, he ended up in a boat fishing. He just said, you know why? He ended up in that boat fishing. One, 
two, three. I'm just going fishing. I don't, man, I don't understand why I did that. I said I wasn't. I failed. I failed God. I failed Jesus. An event in his life he didn't understand. So he just says, I'm going fishing. But you know what happened? You know the cool thing about it? Is Jesus showed up on that sandy seashore where he was fishing. And today, Jesus is showing up in your heart. And, you know, we have the great miracle of fish. And then Peter and Jesus have an encounter on that seashore. And you know what, you know what the first thing Jesus said to Peter was? Do you love me? <laughs> Do you love me? Can I say something very gently and kindly? Your love for Jesus and your desire to follow him and fulfill his plan has to become greater than what you don't understand. It has to become greater than what you don't understand because Jesus didn't try and explain this thing away to Peter why you did it. He, didn't try, he, he just said, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? And then, and then he said, and Peter's like, you know, the discourse, yeah, you know I love you, Jesus. You know it, you know it, you know it. Okay, since you love me, to know God passionately, that's his plan. Since you love me, go feed my sheep. And to make his love known, to make him known to the world. Jesus looked at him and said, do you love me? Peter, you know I love you, go feed my sheep. Go make me known. Go make me known. Go make me known. Even through the, an event of Peter's life that he would have, the Bible says he wept bitterly. He didn't understand it. He was like, I, I, he, he told everybody, heard him when he said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But yet, Jesus looked at him. Get your fire back is what he was saying. Do you love me? Go feed my sheep. Go feed my sheep. Wow. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? Some of us, we, what we really need, and I'm speaking of myself as well. God was speaking to me and reminding me of this message and speaking to my heart about it as well. But we need to make a fresh commitment to following Jesus Christ. To following Jesus. Say, I'm a follower of you, Jesus. That's what Jesus told Peter that day. He said, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Every head bowed. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for today, God. I, it's kind of interesting service. I, God, I, I pray that I communicated this as you desired for me to do it, as you spoke to my heart. And God, we've all faced things that we just don't understand don't understand but God you still call us to live by faith and not by sight you still ask us to trust you God with the things we don't understand and Father some of us have got sidetracked from passionately knowing you and from passionately making you known some of us have got sidetracked because of the things we don't understand. And Father, I pray that today will be a day when Jesus shows up on the shore of their heart.
my heart and says, follow me. Do you love me? And we're going to say, of course, and Jesus is going to recommission us to go feed your sheep, to make you known to this earth. Father, I pray, Father, that I, that you would heal wounds and hearts. And Father, I pray for those today that are searching for answers. Every head bowed, nobody looking around, but I've just got to say this. This come into my heart early this morning. And I want this, I want this to come across with the love of God. Some of you have been searching for understanding, but can I just say this? You may never understand the things that happen that you don't understand. And God says, you've got to let that go and just trust him. Just trust him. You, it may not be for your, God may not want you to understand. That's that point of living by faith and not by sight. Where God's bringing you to a higher level, a new level of following him and living for him and trusting him. Now, again, every head bowed, you're in this place and you say, Pastor, there." Man, that has really been in my life. There's been some things happening that I don't understand. I want you to lift your hand right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. you put, them right, put them right back down, please. Anybody else? There's just several hands went up. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just for a moment. God loves you so much. Man, I, I wish I could grab a hold of, those, of understanding, but God says no. You've got to trust me. And right now, here's what I'm praying. For everyone that lifted their hands, I'm praying. Let's pray right now. Father, in Jesus' name, you saw every hand that was lifted. So many things going on in people's life, they just don't understand. And God, I pray right now, Father, that your Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, visit them. Holy Spirit, visit them right now. May they feel your love, your comfort, your peace, your strength. And to know, God, that you still have a plan. May they know you still have a plan for their life. And God, help them to be able to move beyond what they don't understand. Move beyond what they don't understand. Father, may they make a conscious choice to say, God, we trust you. And, and let that come out of your mouth right now. Those that lifted your hand, and it can be everybody in here. You need to say out of your mouth, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. I trust you. God's healing hearts right now. And he's given you the strength and the ability to move on beyond what you don't understand. God, I trust you. Father, touch every heart. May they have an encounter with Jesus on the shore of their heart. Father, that helps them be able to move on. And Father, to live passionately for you. To know you passionately. And to make you known to this world, God. Father, you're doing a fresh work in people's hearts and lives. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Put your hands together. Give him praise. Come on. Come on. Lift up your voice and give him praise. God's good.